always speaking good things. So a bunch of material here is from Joel Osteen. There's some parts in here that are from Mark Batterson from the book All In. How many of you guys have read All In? You guys need to get the book All In. It's amazing. It's life-changing. Then there's some stuff in here. I even took three points directly from a sermon that Pastor taught earlier this year, so just like a month ago, on relationships. And I'm using his points in my notes. And that's what I do. This is how I build my confidence. It's not, I have not reinvented the wheel for myself. It's taken the material that's, that's given to us. We have an unbelievable in, in electronics. You know, if you're not confident, as I was doing this, if you're not confident in things of God, it's because you're lazy. I'm just being, you know, I'm talking to myself here. You know, I'm, I'm we're lazy if we don't have confidence in God because we have everything available to us. If you attend this church every week, you could take, well, I've told you before, you could take one message that Pastor Thomas taught over the last 20 years and just do that one, you would just do what he's taught us in that one message, your life would be completely different. You'd be confident in God, and you'd be walking the love with God wants you to walk in. Amen? So I'm going to share some stuff with you. You guys remember the drill? The only amen I may get out of you all morning, but it, it stops some awkward moments. For some reason, I get drive when I get up here. Maybe I'm nervous. I actually kind of got nervous when I was sitting there. It's like, come on. Purpose. So the key, what is the key to having, uh, and I'm going to call it unshakable confidence. How many of you want unshakable confidence? I want unshakable confidence. The key to having unshakable confidence, confidence is not to consider your circumstances, your challenges, or even your good fortune or blessings. I think sometimes we forget about that. But consider your God. Hey man, have you ever guys ever had been rolling along really good and you kind of forget about God? That happens to me sometimes, like yesterday. Not really, not yesterday, but you know what? The, the, there's times when things are just going along, and it's like, I'm not considering things of God. I'm just thinking, you know what, God, just really love me, and I just like chose me, and I must be all the right things, because life is just awesome. And, and really, that's, you know, we play a part in that. When we're obeying God, you know, He loves us. You know, I love my children. But when they're obeying me, and when they're living life the way that I've taught them to live it, you know what, the stuff flows more freely. When they need help, it flows more freely. But when they're out making stupid decisions and doing things that they know are wrong, it's it's not that I don't love them, but it's hard for me to push that stuff their way. Amen? And I think that God has faith. You know, it's the same way for us. You can use, you know, all kinds of words right along with unshakable confidence. You know, unshakable faith. Unshakable courage. Unshakable strength. Unshakable trust. All those things, you can fit those words in with it. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with Pastor Tom's Foundation Scripture. Because I go back to the Scripture and remind myself. So it's in, in uh, Hebrews 10.35 and NIV. It says, don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Verse 36 says, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive it from Guys, we just need to get in there and do it. We just need to get in there and learn the Word of God and do it. And what will happen? You will be confident. But you know that I always have to do this. Let's read it out of the message. Let's add a couple more verses to it. It says, don't throw it all away now. You were sure of yourselves then, and it's still a sure thing. How many of you guys ever thought you heard from God, 
and you were all like gung-ho, and then some opposition came, and you're like, what was I thinking? Do you ever get like that? I get like that. But it says here, but you need to stick it out. You know what? God has given you some promises in your life. You need to stick it out and hang in there and watch the glory of God. Watch what He does in your life. It says, staying with God's plan so you'll be there for the promise completion. It won't be long now. He's on the way. He'll show up most any minute. But anyone who is right with me thrives on loyal trust. We can have some confident trust in God. If He cuts and runs, I won't be very happy. See, there's times when I'm cutting and running and God is not happy with me. Amen? Hang on. Come on. It says, uh, but we're not quitters. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not a quitter. Um, um, but we're not quitters who lose out. Oh, no, we'll stay with it and survive trusting all the way. So what is it? As I was looking at this, I'm like, so don't throw away your confidence. So what's the confidence that God was talking about? What's the confidence? So when, I, when I'm studying Scripture, so I'm just sharing with you, this is what I do when I'm studying the Word and then when I'm needing some confidence. So I go back to the first part of the chapter. I say, all right, what is, what's going on before you? So if you go to verse 1, it says, The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifice, repeated endlessly year after year, make it perfect those who draw near to worship. And what they're talking about there is talking about the law and how people used to atone for their sins, you know. The priests were coming, and they were coming, and they were burning chicken and stuff like that. You know, we don't have to burn the chicken anymore to get right with God. Now, if that was the way to do it, I could be really good at that. But we don't have to make them sacrifices anymore. Amen? Amen? There's sometimes I tell the I'm thinking, she's sacrificing her what? She's not here, so don't tell her I said that. We're going to edit that out of the tape. But then if we move down to verse 5 and 7, it says, Therefore, when Christ came into the world, when Christ came into the world, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me with burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. And we go down to verse 17 and 18. Then he asked, their sins and lawless acts, I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Can you say amen this morning? Guys, it is a finished work. This is what God wants us to be confident in. He wants to be confident in that he sent his son to be murdered on a cross so that we could be free. And all we have to do is believe in him. This is the confidence that we have is that it's a finished work. God did what God was going to do. He gave up his son in place for me, and it covered sickness, disease. It covered lack, poverty. It covered relationships. It covered everything that is gonna, I'm going to deal with in my life. And if I will just trust in what he's done and live by what his word says, I'm going to have confidence. I'm going to have confidence. So as I'm thinking of this, I'm thinking, don't throw away your confidence. I'm thinking, man, how do I... And I know that you guys are thinking this too. Look at your name and say, he knows what I'm thinking. Because your next thought was, well, how in the world do I get the confidence so that I even have confidence to throw it away? Do you ever get in a situation like that? There's, there's times where I get in a situation like, I don't even have any confidence to throw away in this situation. I better do something so at least I have some confidence that I can throw away if I cave in. Right? 
Because there's times where, man, life's coming at you. And it's like, my God, if you do not do something here, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm going under. And it's okay to have them thoughts as long as you don't. And I know that we all have them thoughts. You might say that you might be like a spiritual giant. You might say that, yeah, I don't ever have them thoughts. I do. I do. And you know, and that's when I go to the Word. And so my points today, my points are the same as Stephen's were last night. There's two things that I feel like that we need to do to build up our confidence. Number one is we got to develop our relationship with God. That one's like, we hear it every week. Develop your relationship with God. Get in the Word. Develop your relationship with God. Get in the Word. And number two, what's number two? Relationships with others. Develop. But what I'm putting, you need to develop relationships with the right, the right people, right? Because you can develop relationships with the people that it ain't right. It ain't right. So let's look at this. Yeah, you guys were a little slow there. We talked about last night, Stephen and I and, and Keith and some other guys, we watched the fights one day and, and they decided what they were going to do to me while I was preaching this morning. So if you hear any of this stuff, just, just play along with it and act like you don't know what's going on. It says, but let's look at Paul, what Paul says in Acts 20, 24. It says, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy. In the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Paul went through some stuff. Thank you. But Paul, you know, Paul went through some stuff and he had, he had all kinds of opportunities to be moved by what was going on in his life. He had all kinds of opportunities, but he didn't. What were these things? Circumstances that looked impossible? Do you guys have some circumstances in your life that look impossible? I have some circumstances in my life right now that, I, that looks impossible on a daily basis. And I could, I could go over to that side and fail, but I'm, I, I choose to stay on the side of the You know what? God is working in my life, and God is going to finish the work that He started in me. For people saying it will never happen. You ever have people say, it ain't never going to happen? And my biggest challenge for me is the thoughts. Thoughts that I get, I don't know, this is where my biggest challenge is. It's not really necessarily what people say. They're negative. I don't really listen to it. Um, the circumstances, you know, that's just challenges for me. But my greatest challenge in my own mind is not blaming myself for being in the position that I'm in because I know what the Word of God says. And I believe that I have confidence right now. But Monday morning when a big bill comes into my business and I don't have the money to pay, that's when the rubber meets the road. Now, where is my confidence? Am I going to stand on what the Word of God says? My, this is where the rubber meets the road. Or am I going to flop over this side and let the devil get going in my mind? You ever do that? Think about the worst scenario. And you make up this whole big old long thing that ain't even true. Because you're meditating on the wrong thing. We're meditating on the wrong thing. So this is what, this is that scripture, take every thought captive. That's, this is when you do it. You start thinking those things. Stop saying, you know what? That is not the truth. I am ready for and equal to anything that comes my way. God is working all things together for my good. I seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness. Therefore, all these other things are added unto me. That's how you take that thought captive, and that's how you get the victory and the confidence in the word of God. But you know what? You have to do it. All this stuff that I'm talking about today, it's about stuff that we have to do. God, 
finished his part. Now, he still works miracles. We believe that. But a lot of times it's you working through the process and getting into the Word of God and believing the Word of God and working it out in your own life. His unshakable confidence was this. It doesn't change my mind. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what I know. And I know that if God is for me, who dares be against me? I know all of God's promises are yes or and amen. I know God has the final say. Maybe our confidence should be, I'm not moved by what a mental, medical report says or my, by my job situation. I'm not stressed out. Hey, that, that works. I get something out of that. It does change my mind. I'm not moved by what I see. I am moved by what I know. And I know if God is for me, He dares me against me. I know that all of God's promises are yes and amen. And I know that God has the final say. All right, grab Okay, now I'm back on track. I'm not going to be moved by what the medical report says. I respect and honor those trying to get me well. You know what? God is. We have some Christian doctors right here in this house. And, it, and one of them is a heart doctor. He is an awesome doctor. I like to go see him. And I don't even have a heart condition, but he's just a cool guy. So God has doctors in our life for a reason. You guys, go to the doctor. Respect and honor them. You don't have to get into agreement with everything that they say. But take the medication they prescribe to you and then believe God for the miracle. You know, then keep believing God. You know, pray. You know, let God show you the route that you need to take. Amen? It says, uh, but I know God can do what medical science cannot do. I know God made my body. Doctors can treat me, but only God can heal me. But how about this? I'm not moved by the economy being up and down, by the stock market, or by my job situation, because I'm confident God supplies all my needs. His, His promise to prosper me even in recession. Maybe you're a parent. You know, I'm a parent. I have three kids. Some of you guys may know, I have three kids. They're ages uh, 25, uh, 25 to like 29. You know, I raised them in the house of God. They are not here. There are times when my faith and what I see going on in my children's lives does not line up with what the Word of God says. But that's not what I'm going to, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to proclaim that and I'm not going to declare that. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, I'm not moved by how my children are acting. I'm not stressed out because they're off course or making poor choices. I know that it's just a matter of time. Because as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. My children are taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of my children. Now, do I see it? No. Are they bad kids? No. But they are not in pursuit of God. You guys better not ever tell them I said this and use them as an example in church. But, but you know what? That's where our confidence has to be. Maybe you're single. Maybe some of you are single by choice. This probably applies to like 14 to 18-year-old girls. This is what they need to, to talk about. Not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with 14 to 18-year-old girls, but you see this. You know, you've pastored for a long time, and you see this in the lives of young girls. They're looking for some security in a man, and they need to look for their security in God, and God, God will bring the right person into their life. This is a single person. You might think, I'm not moved by the fact that I'm single and I haven't met anyone. I know God has already picked out the perfect person for me. God has already ordained someone to come across my path, and I'm fully persuaded this person is in my future. 
Amen. For some of you guys that are married, you need to not be proclaiming that. You need to be proclaiming this is the person that God has for me in my life. Amen. How about um, if, uh, you know, that's unshakable confidence. If you're not, you're not moved by the circumstances, you're not up when something good happens and down when you don't see anything happen. You know, everything God promised you is in your future. So you live in peace. You're not upset, frustrated, or discouraged. You are Amen. You can be content in your life when you're confident in what God is doing and all your trust and all your hope is put in, in Him, then, then you can live a content life. I do want to live a content life. I do. I just want to be like on easy street all the time. It doesn't work like that. That's where I want to be. But you know what it helps? My confidence is in God and not in me. And I'm not looking at circumstances. Life is good. So let's look at Romans. Let's look at uh, Abraham. And this is amazing to me because in, in chapter 4, verses 19 to 22, in the message, it says, Abraham did not focus on his own impotence and say, it's hopeless. Now, I mean, just think about it. Do you guys ever read Bible stories and you read the stuff in the Bible and just stop and just like think about it and put yourself in that situation? Like put it into real perspective in life or do you just fly through this thing? When I'm reading these Bible stories, I'm thinking, how focused would I be if I was impotent? Dude, for a guy, you know, maybe you know, maybe you don't think he's perfect, but for a guy to be impotent, that's a huge thing. That is like that really sucks. I don't know about it, but I've seen how bad it sucks. <laughs> There's a disclaimer on that. It's hopeless. <laughs> Oh, wow. I didn't even know he was going to go there. This hundred-year-old body could never father a child, nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. You know, for women, for a lot of women, having a baby is like a huge thing. And not being able to have a baby could be a real roadblock in their relationship with their husband and in their relationship with God. And these are things, you know what, Abraham, he didn't, he didn't look at those things. And those are hard things not to look at. You know, God told him, you're going to be the father of many nations. You know, it would have been easy to just like, have that he could have laughed just like Sarah did. <laughs> That's a good one, God. But he didn't. This is what it says. He didn't survey, the, survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise and, cautious, and ask cautiously, cautiously skeptical questions. Cautiously skeptical questions. Do you, and, you know, I do that. You know, when I see circumstances going on, there's some challenges in my life. Do you ever just kind of like skirt around the promise and yeah, maybe God can do this and maybe you can't? I do. I have times where I do that. That's why I go back to look, look at Abraham and say, man, he didn't even care if he was impotent. And that gives me hope. Says he plunged into the promise and came up strong, ready for God, sure that God would make good on what he said. That's why it is said Abraham was declared fit. He was declared fit. He was declared confident before God by trusting, having unshakable confidence in God to set him right. You can have confidence that God is going to finish the work that he started. With you. If he did it for Abraham, if he did it for Paul, if he did it for all these guys. He's going to do it for you. 
He's going to do it for you. We must be like, you know, God is on my side. He's going to do what he said he's going to do. Your circumstances like Sarah's womb may look barren. Your financial situation may look impossible. The medical report may look hopeless. All the experts may say you will never accomplish your dreams. And if you consider only the negatives, you will be discouraged and doubt will keep you and keeping you from God's best. The stuff that I'm reading you just, by the way, this is Joel Osteen's stuff. Just so you know what you need to Joel And it will encourage you. You must be like Abraham instead of say, I will not focus on the negative things in my mind or what the experts are telling me. I will not focus on how big my problems are. Instead, I will focus on how big God is. He's not limited by the natural. He is supernatural. When I focus on God instead of my circumstances, amazing things can and will happen. That's not a very good amen. When we focus on God instead of our circumstances, amazing things happen. We can be confident in Him. Paul says in Ephesians, I know you guys really like the way I say Ephesians. I worked on that all weekend. For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight into the mysteries and secrets in the deep, uh, in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. By having your eyes, of the eyes of your heart flooded with light, so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you, and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set-apart ones. Guys, we are set apart. You know, I feel privileged to be standing up here and talking to you guys. I feel privileged to go to the garden. I feel like I've been set apart because I get to be a part of this house. I get to, uh, to be a part of serving our pastors. We have awesome pastors. And we are blessed and fortunate. You should count yourself chosen by God because you get to be in this house. You know, there's people that you can come into this place and you can pick out the negative stuff. It's here. But you can come in here and realize that, you know what? God is doing stuff in the garden. God is changing lives. My life, your life, and those that don't even know who God is. Lives are being changed here. There's an anointing and a power going on right here in this house. We are set apart. We are chosen. God has a plan for the garden. And like Pastor said, next week, I'll just throw a little plug in here. You need to be here next week. You're, if you don't, you're going to miss out. Next weekend, you need to be here. You need to take your afternoon, and you need to wipe it clean. And you need to just plan to spend Sunday and Sunday afternoon, and if you come Saturday night, and you need to plan to spend it with us because we're going to share some stuff with you that's going to blow your mind, but it's going to also, you need to participate. You need to participate. It says, uh, Paul prayed in Ephesians that, the eyes of our understanding would be flooded with light so that we would know the amazing future God has in store. Guys, we need our eyes flooded with light so that we can, we can see the future. Isn't it interesting that Paul used this phrase, flooded with light? Paul had experienced a portion of this flood, but we're living in a better time than his. Guys, we are living in a, in a land of information, a time where... You know, everything that we need to live courageous, confident, trusting lives, we have everything that we need to get that done. We have everything that we need. Here's Abraham. You know, here's Paul. These guys didn't, they did not have 
a Bible, an electronic Bible they carry around in their pocket all the time to encourage themselves. We do. You know, I, I almost brought my Bible this morning. A, a Bible, I have a Bible that my mom bought me back in 1992 when I was m- making the switch over and, and, and learning out who God was and, and giving my life over to God. I almost brought that thing. It's like, it's in, it's shredded. It's, and I thought, you know what, this is why I have confidence because I looked at that Bible that I have. And it's one of many that I have, but that one, it's, it's close to my heart. I almost brought a Bible to church as a prop. Isn't that weird? <clears throat> but I thought that thing's way too big. I'm not carrying that thing around. And how, you know, how lazy are we? But I have this Bible and the pages, the New Testament, the edges of the pages are wore off. Where I used to carry it to church, the leather is wore out. This thing has been used. That's how I gained my confidence back then. When I first went, if you guys don't know, I went to a ranch. And, and that's where I gave my life to God. It was a ranch. I was in trouble and in, into all kinds of stuff I shouldn't have been into. And, and, but I made a commitment to God. God, I'm going to read your word every day. You know how easy it would have been if I'd had a phone back then? It, the Bible was on it. But no, it wasn't that easy. I had this Bible. But this Bible saved my life. And my commitment to be in the word of God every day. I would come in from the field and sometimes I'd fall asleep because um, we were farming. And, uh, and in the middle of the night, God would wake me up and remind me, you didn't read today. I might read one scripture and roll over go back to bed. But I read the Bible every day. And it changed my life. Wore that thing out. Still have it. It's big and it's heavy. And now I have this and it's way better. You have everything you need in this world to be have unshakable confidence. This is the day where Paul declared we will see surprising greatness of God, God's favor. Paul was saying, in effect, I've seen one level of God's goodness, but we will see God's goodness like no generation has seen before. God, I believe that God, as I believe that God is moving now like he's never moved before. Tap into it. See what God can do. You know, I can tell you firsthand, uh, Kelly and I have experienced a flood of God's favor. God's overwhelmed us with his goodness. Uh, you know, and I'm not bragging on us, I'm bragging on God, because if you knew us years ago and you see where we're at today, it's two totally different worlds. God has taken us beyond our education, beyond our talent, beyond our training, and he has unleashed his abundance, his wisdom, and his favor in our lives. There's, when I went to that ranch, I had a box of clothes, and that was, that was everything that I owned. I was separated from my wife for three years, and I hadn't seen my children in over a year. God has done some great things in my life. You cannot tell me that God does not restore. That God does not heal. This is my mom sitting over here. How long ago did you have cancer? It's been 89, so what does that make? 88, so like 25 years ago. My mom had lymphoma. She's sitting right there. God's a healer. God's a healer. But you know what? It was not, it was not a, she came up to the front church and they laid hands on her and boom, she was out and flopped around on the floor and there was an instant miracle. Didn't happen like that. I drove her up to Seattle. We did testing. She had surgery. She had biopsies. She did the chemo. She did all that stuff. Can you say amen, Berta? God's a healer. But you might have to walk through the process and you might actually have to stand on this stuff that we're teaching you. You might actually have to stand up when you don't feel like it and say, you know what? I shall live and not die and declare the goodness of my king. You might have to stand up and say, you know what? God is my supplier. They're coming after me and my finances, but you know what? I don't care. 
This is what the Word of God says, and I'm going to stand on that. I'm going to be confident in the fact that Jesus Christ came and gave his life for me. I don't think that we fully grasp that. God sent his son to die for me so that I could have something to be confident in. It's a finished work. Now, it's my job to get into this thing and and surround myself with the things that are going to give me confidence. It is your fault if you are not confident in the word of God. I'm not trying to be mean, but it's just the truth. It's the truth. Confidence. For this to happen, we have to keep God in first place in our life, honor God, and then learn to take the limits off of him. You're the one that's limiting God. I'm the one that's limiting God. Amen? Whew. I got till 11 today, right? Okay, so... I'm going to read you something out of Mark Batterson's book, All In. In Luke 9, 20, and this is all his stuff. I didn't, I didn't change any of it to protect myself or anything. So this is not my material, but you can read this. And this is like, when I read this stuff, it's just like, I can kick some devil butt. And I'm serious. It says, Jesus, in Luke 9, 23 and 24, Jesus threw down the gauntlet with his disciples. He wanted to see who was in and who was out, or more accurately, who was all in. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. That's what I'm talking about. This is your job to pick up your cross and to build some confidence. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. Disciples look, took this literally. Guys, the disciples took it literally. We can at least take it figuratively. I'm not suggesting that we die physically for Christ, but that we must die to ourselves. If Jesus hung on his cross, he can certainly carry, we can certainly carry ours. And that isn't just our greatest responsibility, it's our highest privilege. Guys, it is a privilege to be in the family of God. Anything less than complete surrender of our lives to the lordship of Jesus Christ is robbing God of the glory he demands and deserves. It's also cheating ourselves out of the eternal reward God has reserved for us. We won't come alive in the truest and fullest sense until we die to self. We won't find ourselves until we lose ourselves to the cause of Christ. Have you lost yourself to the cause of Christ? I have to work on this daily. Daily. This is a daily thing to lose my own wants. It's time to ante up. It's time to go all in. If Jesus is not Lord of all, then Jesus is not Lord at all. It's all or nothing. It's now or never. Guys, we got to go all in in our relationship with God. All in. Number two. That was all just number one. That was amazing. Can I get an amen? That was just absolutely amazing. I am so amazed. You know, and and I as I was... Um, studying for this, I'm, I was thinking, you know, because there's times where I sing to myself too, in uh, in the shower and driving around in my pickup, and and I remember this song that Pastor Tom wrote years ago, and uh, uh, and it was just like, wow, that came out of like nowhere. It's like my confidence is in you, Lord. My confidence is in you. Yesterday you saved me. I felt your grace today. Da 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 da. It's getting stronger every day. And, you know, there's times in my life, man, where I just got to sing to myself. 
You know, I got to sing to myself. I got to get in there. I got to worship God. You know, we sing. We do not sing these songs in here just to sing songs. We're worshiping God. But you know what? There are songs that just resonate in my mind all the time, day, all day long. Songs just popping up. Man, get that stuff inside you so that when life's coming at you, that it just comes out. Right? It just comes out. My confidence is in you, Lord. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Do it. Okay, moving on. Number two, develop relationships with the right people. And this is where I stole Pastor Tom's stuff. I didn't steal it. He gave it to me. I mean, he said it, and I'm using it. And it's three points that he used in uh, new relationships. And number one is, is, am I nurturing the good ones? Am I nurturing the important ones? And you guys should already have these in your notes, because I know we are all note takers, right? Amen. It says, the enemy is always after the good ones. The godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. If you're not investing in the relationships that really matter, then you are, in Pastor Tom's words, an idiot. That's Pastor Tom's words. I took the notes. The enemy is after the good relationships. Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. That's in Proverbs 7, 9, 17, 9. You better go after relationships that matter. You know, I, I have this relationship with God that I'm developing and developing and developing and developing. But I also have some people in my life that I have connected myself to. And there are times where my relationship with God is not good enough. I'm just being honest. There's, there's, some, there's people that I know, they say, you know what? The Holy Spirit is just guiding and leading me, and I don't need to come to church. And I just sit in my house, and, and I feel the Holy Spirit, and I just read my word, and I'm just doing good. But then I talk to them, and they are defeated. They know the word inside and out, but they have no relationship with man. And relationship with man is just as important as relationship with God. Get that relationship with God strong and solid. But you better get some people on your side that when you're not doing so hot and you can't remember what the Word of God said, and you're looking at it from an internal perspective, and there's people on the outside. Because I see people that are struggling all the time, and I think, what in the world are they struggling about? They are so awesome. They have so much to offer and so much to give. And God is doing such great things in life, but they can't see it. They can't see the trees through the forest. And we need people in our life that will do that. <clears throat> Am I serving, uh, severing the harmful ones? Point number two, get rid of the people in your life who are not good. And I put it, I need to get rid of the people in my life that are not good for me. Some relationships are killing you. In Proverbs eleven nine, it says, With their words, the, good, the godless destroy their friends, but knowledge will rescue the righteous. Proverbs 26, Many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? You have coworkers that you can't afford to have relationships with. You have to have a backbone, and you know this is pastor's words, you have to have a backbone to do what is right in your relationships. You know what, I have some relationships with some guys in here. Like, let's say Keith. You know, if I called Keith up tomorrow and said, Keith, <laughs> you don't believe what's going on. I ain't going to make it through this. You know what Keith would say to me? Shut your fat mouth. And those are that's exact words. That's what he would say to me. You need to shut your fat mouth. Am I right, Keith? <laughs> that is one of Keith's sayings. He would, he would, and he would just tell it to me. He's like, you need to shut your fat mouth. And then he would begin to, he would tell me why. And he would use some things that I wouldn't say to you guys because you'd be offended. 
And, and, and he would get me going in the right direction. I can count on him because I've built relationship with him that he's going to tell me the truth, whether I like it or not. But you know what? I've built a relationship with, with Keith that he can say whatever he wants to say to me, and it may make me mad, but I'm in a relationship with him. So Keith can say things to me that maybe some of you aren't going to be able to say to me. I mean, most of the people in here, you know, I'm pretty comfortable with the Garden family, but there's relationships that if people said things to me, it would make me mad, it would offend me, and I'd punch you in the face. That's one of my sayings. I have never punched anybody in the face since I started saying that, but it's really fun to say. But guys, I'm serious. You better have some relationship. I have a great relationship with Stephen. You know, I was Stephen's youth pastor back in the day when he needed a youth pastor. You know, he is a, he has grown up to be an awesome young man. But we have great relationship, and he could say anything to me, and I'm going to receive it. Maybe not right at that moment, but I'm going to work into it, and my confidence will be you know I'll grow into my confidence. And and you know these guys do say it. We say it to each other just the way it is. We don't sugarcoat it, and we don't go to mamby pamby land in our relationship. <laughs> I love that. Woo. Okay, and okay, so here we go. Where are we at? Build some relationships, guys. Okay, am I, and for kids, this was a point that he made for young people. You know what? You need to have a special place in your heart for your relationship with your parents. You, need, you want to have a long life? Respect your parents. You want to have a long life? Obey them. Can I get an Amen. Am I, number, point number three, am I initiating, I got to get out of here. Am I initiating the needful ones? The seeds, in Proverbs eleven thirty says, the seeds of good deeds become a tree of life. A wise person wins friends. You need friends. You need relationship with man. Get connected to people. You need a spiritual friend. God doesn't just want to be your God. He wants to be your friend. Are you all in this year? Guys, it's our motto this year. Get, get all in. Get all in this year. Get all in. So to close this morning, I'm going to read you. I'm not even going to close with my own stuff. I'm going to close with Mark Batterson's stuff. Because I don't know how to say it better than what he said, than where he said it right here. You guys, we need to have an all-in moment today. We need to have an all-in confident moment right now, here today. Let me read this to you. It says, the moment you bow your knee to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. All of your sin is transferred to Christ's account, paid in full. It was nailed to the cross 2,000 years ago, but that's only half the gospel. Mercy's not getting what you deserve, which is the wrath of God. Grace is getting what you don't deserve, which is the righteousness of Christ. We get the righteousness of Christ. Everything you've done wrong is forgiven and forgotten. And everything Christ did right, His righteousness is transferred to your account. And then God calls it even. God sent His Son to die for us and then He called us even. Forgiven. He sees us through His Son, Christ. It's 
like God said, God says, I'll take the blame for everything you did wrong and give you credit for everything I did right. It doesn't get any better than that. And that's why it's called the gospel. It's not just the good news. It's the best news. The gospel costs nothing. We cannot buy it, earn it. It can only be received as a free gift. Compliments of God's grace. So it costs nothing, but it demands everything. And that's where most of us get stuck. Spiritual no man's land. I love this. We're too Christian to enjoy sin and too sinful. We're too sinful to enjoy Christ. We've got just enough Jesus to be informed, but not enough to be transformed. We want everything God has to offer without giving up anything. We want to buy it without selling out. We're afraid that if we we don't hold out on God, we'll miss out on what this life has to offer. It's a lie. In the same life the serpent told Adam and Eve in the garden, God is not holding out on you. You can take Psalms 84.11 to the bank. No good thing does God withhold from those who walk upright. If you don't hold out on God, I promise you this, God will not hold out. But this is the key. It's all or nothing. It's all of you for all of Him. So my question to you today is, are you ready to give all of you for all of God? Are you, do you want your confidence to be built to something that's lasting and standing and is going to do something in your life? And I'm just going to challenge you this morning, all of us. We all need to make an all-in commitment to God. And so today, I'm going to do like Stephen did last night. You know, if you are, are you ready to make an all-in commitment to God? Yeah, you're saved. I get it. 